Hello listeners and welcome to my podcast. In today's episode, we will go through a brief overview of a very complex but fascinating topic of the brain, consciousness. So when you think about the word consciousness, where does your mind lead you? Do you think of AI versus humans or sleeping versus being awake or perhaps whether you're alive or dead? But the real question is what differentiates us from robots, from rocks, from your car? An apparent difference between us and these objects is probably the fact that we possess this wrinkly and slimy organ inside our skull called the brain. So that's exactly what we will talk about today. But why is it important that we talk about this? Well, Descartes famously said in 1637, I think, therefore I am. Of course, it would have been in Latin. But how do we do just that thing that Descartes claims is evidence as to how we can know that we exist? How do we think? How do we feel? How do we plan our day? How do we watch a movie and enjoy it? To understand that, we must direct our attention to science. So within neuroscientific studies of consciousness, there are several ways that people attempt to study consciousness. In the past, consciousness was largely restricted to philosophy. Many believed that there was no way one could study something so intangible and abstract. But today, thanks to technology, we have brilliant researchers finding new ways to study consciousness within the lab. One such approach to studying consciousness is behavioral approach. Researchers such as Boris Kochubi believe that consciousness emerges from an interaction between different components of behavior, such as communication, play, and use of tools. Others look for what's called the neural correlates of consciousness, which Christoph Koch, a German-American neuroscientist who is currently the president of Allen Institute for Brain Science in Seattle, defines it as the minimal neuronal mechanism jointly sufficient for any specific conscious experience. So then, how do we measure consciousness in a lab? One common way to measure consciousness is, simply put, comparing the brain activity of people who are conscious or engaged in an activity requiring consciousness and people who are unconscious through anesthesia or people who are simply just not engaging in any activity. Then you compare what regions are active and not active and you can make inferences based on these results. Now, what have researchers found out about consciousness so far? One thing that's very clear is that the human brain is unimaginably complex, which makes studying consciousness, or anything for that matter, very difficult. But so far, it is clear that there is not a single brain area that holds the entire concept of consciousness. In fact, Koch says that the combined activity of neurons in the cortex, hypothalamus, and basal forebrain, and other brain areas may provide the background for enabling consciousness. Furthermore, Demerzi et al. 2019 also found in their study that consciousness was characterized by complex, and by complex I mean very complex, pattern of fMRI signaling, such as differences in distance or strength of connections. But that's all very vague, and I leave it vague because it also depends on what kind of consciousness we're talking about. So let's take a look at two very interesting studies involving consciousness and vision. The first study is from Canada and it involves a patient they call DF. DF had visual form agnosia. She could not tell what shape an object was or how thick an object was. Her deficit likely resulted from damage to her lateral occipital cortex. And now let's just note here that she was not blind. She could see perfectly. 
Uh, she just couldn't tell you, for instance, how wide an object was. But interestingly, the researchers found that even though she claimed she had no conscious ability to perceive object form, when she was asked to reach out and grasp the object, she would do so with the appropriate hand posture. So this raises an interesting question about consciousness and unconsciousness and vision. Uh, but there's another study that's super interesting. So this study was uh, done in 1999, and it's about a phenomenon called blind sight. And essentially, a group of researchers found that some blind patients, despite their inability to see, could still report spatial visual stimuli pretty accurately. Super interesting. So these two cases shed light on the fascinating and complex nature of consciousness and the human brain and also sensations. But studies on consciousness extend beyond just the reaches of neuroscience. For instance, Robert Pepperell highlights in his paper that consciousness is not just what's going on with neurons in the brain, but rather a product of organization of the energy in the brain. And he states that the governing principle of the brain at neural level is not information processing, but rather energy processing. And through this, he ties physics into this topic of consciousness. So the point is, consciousness is one, far from being understood, but two, it is nevertheless a super important and fascinating topic that combines various fields into the discussion, including philosophy, neuroscience, chemistry, psychology, and even physics. The scientific community is still in need of more pioneers in the field of human consciousness, and I hope that this podcast has shed some light on how consciousness has been studied, how you could contribute to better understanding it in the years to come. I also want to give a shout out to Brain Awareness Week campaign. Brain Awareness Week was founded by the Dana Alliance for Brain Initiative and is a global campaign to foster public enthusiasm and support for brain science. Making science more accessible and easier to understand to the public is a huge part of the scientific community. So be sure to go check them out and show them your support. And thank you for listening today. I'll see you on the next episode of our podcast.